Welcome to the Manly Things Podcast. This is Andrew Ross. And this is Justin Bush, and thanks for tuning in and listening to this new episode. Episode 9. Episode 9. That's right. I lost count. <laughs> not, I mean, not every really. Week. <laughs> not yeah. every week. Every other week we lose count. Yeah. Every other week, it's easy to lose count. <laughs> I've too many other things on my mind. Yes. Well, we're glad that you are listening to this episode. I, we really hope you liked the last episode with Justin's friend, Seth, talking a little bit about his time in Montana, uh, we talked with Seth a little bit afterwards and said, you know, we should just have what we call a Montana Minutes. Every once in a while, a phone call from Seth. Yeah, especially, you know, he's got to have some more wild animal encounters. He's got to encounter some mountain lions and some grizzly bears and uh, survive it. And then uh, <laughs> he can call in and tell us about it. He has a, he'll have a revenant story. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. That's why I, I'm hesitant to go out there. He's always like, are you going to come out bears. here? Oh, no, man. I've been to the Columbus Zoo. I know how big those grizzly bears are. No <laughs> way. Dude, when we go to the Columbus Zoo, um, you know, I grew up going to Cincinnati, and the bears are far away. Um, when I first went to the Columbus Zoo, you walk up, and, like, literally, Judah was little. He was on a stroller, and I took him by myself. And there was this bear just standing, like, right in front of you. Like, you're literally standing in front of a bear. And all of a sudden, like, I was scared, and Judah's in the stroller, and I can only imagine, like, him... But, dude, those things are massive. They are. And I've, I actually, this is kind of nerdy. We go to the zoo kind of a lot, or did. And uh, I'm pretty sure those bears, for whatever reason, I forget the reasons behind it, but they're actually bigger than what a normal grizzly bear would be because of X, Y, Z. I forget. They're males has something to do maybe with reproductive something. Yeah. I don't know. It's something nerdy that I don't I don't really know that much. I just remember listening to one of the zookeepers uh, spitting out some stats. And I was like, oh, good to know that if I ever see one in the wild, they won't be quite this big. Well, they probably just don't want to tell you they're fat because they don't have enough room to do what they normally do and exercise that they normally be. do, the diet they normally Because normally they're not chasing elk and stuff. Yeah, they're catching their salmon. They're chasing their food and they're exercising where they're. They just get a bowl of who knows what they who knows what those bears eat. Yeah, yeah. But the Montana minute, something we'll have to bring to the show. Yes, it was good having Seth. So, Justin, what is new with you? Oh, new with me. Well, I do have a story. And uh, yesterday, I went and got my first uh, COVID shot. Do you have any superpowers? I I've only shot webs out my <laughs> wrists a couple times. Got some spidey senses going, but no, it's nothing. It's fine. But uh, so I have to go. Appointment's at 2.30. So it's like 2.10. And I just got off a meeting. I go upstairs. And uh, I got a new computer. New computer came in. So I go out, grab it because it's raining, bring it in. I go to cut open the box. I cut my finger. And <laughs> okay. I'm bleeding like a sieve. Yeah. So... Bleeding all over, trying to keep it from, you know, getting all over the floor or whatnot. I go into the bathroom, running underwater. It's bleeding more and more. Go find a dirty, or not a dirty rag, but an old rag, clean rag. Put some pressure on. And then I'm like, oh, man, I really got to use a restroom, but I got to get out of here. I hadn't eaten anything all day. Now, mind you, I didn't bleed a ton, but more than, I don't know, more than a paper cut. That's for sure. Yeah. And so I'm standing there. I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm doing my thing, and I'm standing there, 
and I feel like I'm going to black out. So I'm standing there <laughs> dude, doing my business and I start getting the tunnel vision. Yeah. You know, it's starting to come in on me and and it's starting to, you know, ears are starting to ring a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to pass out. Like, I can't pass out with my wang out. <laughs> <laughs> go, and, go and pee yeah, in the bathroom. I'm going to fall in the toilet, on the toilet, hit my head on the toilet. I'm going to be passed out, knocked out. And Clarissa is going to come so, in and find you bleeding naked I over know, the toilet. I know. So I'm like, all right, I can put a kink in it. And then I go, and I'm like, as fast as I can now because I know it's coming. I run to the bedroom. Yeah. I lay down on the bed and I lay there. And it just starts to get darker and darker and darker and ringing louder and louder and louder. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to pass out. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And I never passed out, but my ears kept ringing. Yeah. And so I just laid there with my eyes shut for a little bit. And I'm like, man, I got to get up. I got to go to this appointment. I'm late. I can't believe it. So I cut my finger, about to pass out. So I lay there just for a little bit and get back up. And I probably shouldn't have, but I just grabbed the keys, went in the car, it's like, eh, my ears are ringing a little bit, but I, I don't think I'm going to pass out. If I'll I do, okay. I'll pull over. Did you eat, like, something, like, sugary before you left? Yeah, I did grab some food. I grabbed some cheese sticks, the mozzarella cheese stick thing. Mozzarella whatever. cheese sticks? Yeah, like the cheese slice, you know, you pull okay, okay. apart, I thought you were string, okay. string cheese thing. For some reason, I thought you were talking about, like, the deep fried. No. Like, you quickly just fried up some mozzarella cheese sticks. No, man, we've been doing... Uh, a uh, weight loss challenge we have. here. We haven't weighed in yet today. and I can. You haven't weighed in yet I today. haven't. I weighed in this morning. You did. And I have, um, it'd be interesting to see the first two weeks, the first one didn't count because um, I, w- I got my scale late. But I've lost 10 pounds since the first time I've weighed myself in two weeks. Dude, that's awesome. Um, but I feel like I probably didn't do anything this week. Because of everything over the weekend, my birthday and stuff, and yeah. I ate like junk. So I feel like I did good for the most part last week, but then as soon as the weekend hit, it just went all downhill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll have that. That's yeah. okay. It's it's all about the steady. Yeah. It's all about the trend line. That's right. It's about the trend line. Uh, but that's not me, though. I just like dramatic, like quick results. That's yeah. how I've always been with everything fast. Problem is, they don't stay. I, I'll do that, too. And that's why I had to stop myself. Like, the first week we did the weigh-in thing, I lost, like, seven pounds. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I could probably keep doing this and lose seven pounds for seven more pounds for the next couple weeks. And I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should find a balancing point. And I've lost two, three pounds and since. And actually, since March... I'm down 25 pounds. Dude, that's awesome, man. 25 so, pounds. Yeah. That's Since we started doing this, I'm down like 11 or 12 or yeah, something. But That's a lot of weight, dude. Yeah. So what are you doing? Nothing. Eating. <laughs> Eating. Doing the keto thing. Yeah. Have uh, you eaten any carbs at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for <laughs> sure. For sure I have. Um, you know, sometimes it's... I don't ever splurge on like... I'm not eating spaghetti, but... I may go over my carbs or one time. I just told you I ate a bunch of spaghetti yeah. for coming. Oh, well, I mean, you lose weight however you want. That's yeah. fine. But uh, it's working out all right. I mean, yeah. who, who's who got a problem with eating meat? You know what I mean? That That's one thing I could always buy in with keto is it's like you're eating meat and cheese 
Like the biggest thing is cut your carbs and sugars. Yeah. You can eat the cheese. You can eat the meat. Getting those fats in are more difficult than what I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, we'll save this for another day. We'll save it for another day. But this weekend, though. Yes. You uh, turned big 3-0. Yes, I turned 30 on Saturday. Um, and it's funny because I woke up actually at my parents with my lower back hurting. So I was like, it's all over. Yep, there it is. It's all over. There it is. Softball is going to be fun for you this my year. My youth is gone. Dude, I'm already dreading softball because I just, I don't run. <laughs> like <No>. in general, <laughs> I just don't run. And so usually that first game, like there's a week where my legs are just like terrible. So that first game will be interesting. Um but yeah, so turn thirty on Saturday. I uh, drove down to Cincinnati to my parents, hung out with them, and um, the day before we got the pool open too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you know, we bought this house as a pool. We bought in September. It's too cold, so we haven't done anything. And so Friday, it started getting warm. I was like, I want to get that open because I, I was seeing other people open their pool and them talking. You know, I've been reading things like you got to get it ready in time so that way when it's warm you can swim and. So open it up on Friday, and it wasn't that bad of a process, except for the cover, man. I'll tell you, we took the cover off, and I went to clean it, and it stunk so bad. Because, you know, it's there all fall, all winter, and going into spring, it's collecting all the rainwater, the snow, the leaves. And so when you pull that thing off, Hanks, man. dog poo. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, it did on the ground, I can tell you that. And so, in fact, like, you know, Sam, my wife, she's pregnant was helping me with it and man there's a couple times she almost got sick just because like smells are really <laughs> getting to her that she had to walk away um ended up just shoving it in the shed right now because um i had an interview that night and i was like i can't be out here wrestling this uh this cover all day so let's just shove it in the shed wait for some nice weather pull it back out i can hose it off and then we can wrap it up properly so yeah yeah and the interview let's ease everyone's mind who's thinking andrew's leaving new life <laughs> no, no, no 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 let's uh what's the what was the interview the interview was for ordination um to be an elder in the church of the nazarene well now that you're 30 that's, I mean. that's true man <laughs> yeah so in the church of the nazarene there's a process to become an ordained minister it starts with a local license that your church gives you got to get so many classes then then get your district license then with your district license, you got to finish the classes, which all together is 22 classes, and hold that district license for three years full time, and finish those, get the <laughs> get the interview, pass the interview, then you become ordained. And I did all that, had the interview Friday night. I guess I passed it because I said they're going to ordain me this summer. I slipped through the cracks. So yeah, so yeah, man. Yeah, that process must not be foolproof. They let you in, right? Dude, I'm telling you, man. They just didn't ask me the right questions. Let's just say that. No, congratulations. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's quite the accomplishment. So it's been quite the weekend. Um, I'm glad um, you didn't pass out. Actually, when you were telling that story, there was one time I almost passed out and had to be woken up with smelling salts. Ooh. Have you ever used smelling salts before? No, I've, I've not. Okay, so... <laughs> It was a blood drive at one of my churches. When I say one of my churches, I grew up in a church that split into two, basically. And I was going to one at a time, one at the time. And on Saturdays, they had praise team practice around 11 a.m. And the other church was having a blood drive. I was in college, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the blood drive, like, right before I head over and do praise team practice. So in college, you know, I didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. probably. 
Um, woke up like with 15 minutes to get there. And I remember thinking to myself, should I eat? Oh, no, I'm getting my blood done. You're not supposed to eat. And I was thinking <laughs> of like a diabetic blood thing, not just giving like bags of blood. And so I go over there and they, they're starting to draw blood. And one of my buddies is talking to me and we're just talking. And all of a sudden, dude, this wave just hit me. It was like sweating all of a sudden, headache. And um, next thing I know is literally like smelling salts under my nose. And I'm telling you, those things, they're strong, dude. Is it like ammonia? Yes. Type stuff? Okay. All I can remember is waking up, trying to get it away from my nose. And they kept putting it on your nose and you're just trying to get it away from it. Um, and then they handed me like orange juice. And um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I haven't eaten today. And the lady's like, yeah, you're yeah, supposed to eat. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I almost did the same thing. Yeah, smelling. I was an idiot. The only time I've seen that used, I mean, in person, you see people, you know, strong men stuff, use stuff like that. But yeah, there's this guy at the gym that... Well, bef- when I actually went to a physical job site, physical plant, instead of working from home, I used to go to this little gym in Worcester called House of Iron. Mm-hmm. Super cool place. Um, but there was a guy in there who did, like, some serious uh, weightlifting competitions, and he was super strong. He was a freak. He was a freak. <laughs> he was on the salt. And he, oh, yeah, he'd, you know, he'd get ready to do, like, a big max bench or, you know, super heavy sets, sets of two, three of – I don't even remember. It was over 400 pounds that he was you yeah. know, repping. I forget what his max was, but it was ridiculous. And so my buddy and I would go and we would, uh, you know, talk to him quite a bit. And we'd spot him, actually, except, you know, I'm not like right behind him curling it. You yeah. know, there's three of us spotting him. There's me and my buddy on each end. And then he's got someone, you know, directly over him spotting on the bench. And uh, he would smell that stuff. And. Get it going. <laughs> Get him amped up. And he'd lift the weight. And I'm like, man, maybe maybe that's what I was missing. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just you, need smelling salts. You could have, dude, your, be max, your max would have been like way more. I get some smelling salts. I'll become the Hulk. But, dude, as a youth pastor, I just, this is how we think as youth pastors. As you were talking about that, all of a sudden I was like, I need to get some smelling salts for teen camps and retreats to wake some kids up in an interesting way oh man <laughs> now i don't know if that's dangerous or not so if it is i won't do it <laughs> but if it's not <laughs> we'll look into it because <laughs> we'll if it's in, not that's an awesome yeah, idea get some smelling salt and then just like wake a kid up and like everyone act like they're sleeping and just wondering what the heck just happened no child in danger <laughs> not on my watch all right man so I think it is time for us to go ahead and segue in. Like that segue. Uh, right that's there. a good one. <laughs> that was a good segue. Right in to our Manly Things topic of the night. Yes, our Manly Things topic. We are in our episode two of uh, Power Tools. Tools, all things tools. The first week we talked about our favorite brands and brands that you should look for depending on what kind of, you know, what you want to use them what for. What projects you're doing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Where you're at as far as skill level and stuff. And So, yeah, I think that was a good episode to talk about that. But today, we're going to be talking about setups, workbenches, dream workshops, those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think, see, I'm kind of a nerd. I like to follow stuff like this on Instagram and see the different workbenches and how they have tool setups. Yeah. And my my job is you know, continuous improvement. And so continuous improvement, we big on 5S. 
and yeah. seeing all these things organized with the Kaizen foam and the tools in place, like <laughs> yeah. it just, it gets me going. That's, <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. So we're the opposite. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not that kind of person. Um, I actually posted a, a picture of kind of my work area part of it. Um, obviously on the other side, that's in the basement on the other side, I have more of like the table saw, on the miter saw and some of the bigger tools, but that's like the bench where I like to sit and do some projects. Where the magic happens. Where the magic happens, <laughs> man. So yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about. Uh, I know you said you still got some work to do that you you're wanting to do, but tell me a little bit about your setup right now, as far as at your home. Like if you were to do stuff, where do you keep your tools? Where do you do stuff? Okay, so where it is now is not where it's going to be in about two weeks. <laughs> so I'm hoping before this tool segment is over, I'll have my workbench set up, all of my tools neatly organized and in place. Right now, uh, actually, where majority of my things are tool-related is, um, and this is actually a cool little cart for the money and what I need it for, just housing some tools, uh, is that U.S. General Harbor Freight little push cart. They got the different colors. Yep. It's got, I think, one, two, three, four, five drawers, and then the top opens up. It's got the bottom. It's on casters. Um, so that actually houses all of my hand tools. Um, throw my circuit saw in the bottom, drill driver impact in the bottom, extension cords. I mean, everything that I have is pretty much loaded on this cart, and yes. it's overflowing and not organized right now winter time's a hard thing for me coming out of winter into spring like things just pile in the garage so the garage as a whole has been kind of my project the last like two weeks and i've got it about mm, 75 80 percent complete okay so the tools is the last thing but so tell us what you want to like um here in the next couple of weeks so what i'm going to do is the u.s general cart's going to be all hand tools mm -hmm. uh your wrenches your sockets your pliers uh screwdrivers hammers uh, things like stud finder got some automotive things that i've accumulated um and then i'll probably put all of my drills um, air compressor shop vac all in an area where I'll build my tool bench. Right now, I'm thinking I want to do kind of like a five foot by two foot wide uh -huh. uh, bench. We'll put uh, six foot posts in the back, uh, three foot posts in the front, and then I'll put a backing on it, and I'll probably paint it up. I'll probably build something to set my drills and yeah. hacksaw and thing up in there, batteries, battery chargers. Yeah. Uh, some places to hang some extension cords and my levels. I like it. So I, I've got I've got all the stuff to do it. I've just got to have time to build what I want to build. Mm -hmm. So that sounds that's, awesome. That's dude. where I'm at are right gonna, now. Are you gonna put some pegboards up to hang some things? I've always loved having at least some sort of pegboard to put the quick grab the most commonly used things. So right now, no, it's going to be just straight up plywood because that's okay. what i've got uh maybe i will eventually i don't know i'm probably gonna paint it all up yeah what and color i'm a, I'm a milwaukee fanboy. i'm gonna go black <laughs> legs red top red back and probably probably put like a milwaukee decal up there or something yeah. 
don't know. It'll look nice for till I start actually doing some work on it. <laughs> See, that's funny that you want to get a Milwaukee decal up there because, you know, I got a little flack for talking about how much I love crafts, craftsmen. I, don't, I almost craftsmen. said craftsmen. Yeah. Craftsmen a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago. Um, I went to a Sears that was closing down uh, in Mansfield one time. And it was funny. I saw they were closing down. They said there was a week left up to 80% off. And I told Sam, I was like, I need to go in there and get some tools. She said, Sears doesn't sell tools. And I was like, that used to be the only place you could buy tools was Sears. Craftsman was it. And so we, yes. And so we went there and I actually got some uh, Craftsman socket sets and some different things for all 80% off. And I look up and they have all these big um, cardboard um, posters hanging up. And one was a, it was a saw blade. It said Craftsman. It said Build to Make or or something like that. Built to Last? No. It, yeah. it was about like us being born to build or oh. make or create. And it's this massive thing. And I remember being like, I want that. And so I was like, are you guys doing anything with those? They're like, no. I'm like, can I have one? They're like, if you can find a ladder. Literally, the guy at the Sears told me this is how close they are to closing down and how much this guy does not care about his job. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's not like yes, <laughs> let's let this customer climb a ladder. I went into the warehouse. He said, he said, if you can find a ladder and get it down, you can have it. And so I literally went into the back room and found this ladder, pulled it out, climbed on top of this display case, and was cutting this poster down. And so yeah, so I have a, a craftsman big poster that I, I'm hanging in down in my workshop. So that is pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a good yeah. story there. Yeah, they didn't care, man. I was just thinking it was funny, and Sam was like, "You gotta be kidding me! Like this would be what Andrew would do." Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um, <laughs> now you said stud finder. Have you ever done the joke, gone to Clarissa and like held the stud finder? Oh, uh, it's, it's always yeah. I'm always the stud. Found one. It always finds me. It <laughs> found, always finds me. Found one. Yeah, I can lose it. Yeah. I'll lose it all the time, mm-hmm. but it always seems to find me. Right, dude. Always seems to find the stud. And it pro- <laughs> you know what? You probably. Uh, discovered that joke the first time you had a child, right? Shortly after becoming a dad. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh well, I'm excited to see the setup. Uh, we're talking about it a little bit, but um, if you need any help with it, let me know. But we're excited to maybe see some pictures of the progress and the the completion of your setup. I know. I should have. I should have taken some pictures. I built some shelving a shelving unit for the garage too. That. I mean, it's super simple. It's nothing yeah. crazy. I wouldn't uh, put it in an artwork uh, and put it in a museum or anything, but it's it's a nice shelf. that it's Fine woodworking. I was like, oh, I could have taken a picture of this. I'm using the tools. I'm putting this thing together using yeah. my M12 uh, fuel, you know, <laughs> drill and uh, impact. And All right, man. Well, and what about you? Okay. So you, a little bit. Some of it's down in the basement. Some of it's where else or what else or it's what mostly all do you on like the b- to work work on it's mostly on the basement um so this is my third workshop now so the first one was on was in ashland it was out in a barn and it was this very small barn that was also our laundry room on this farm uh, very small didn't have much room um last house was a shed and this one is finally i finally have like a decent amount of room so we moved into this house in September and so I kind of made half of the basement my space it's unfinished so it's perfect um, to preface one things I like working on um, I've done some woodworking 
My papa is an amazing woodworker. Most of the furniture in my house is things that he built or that we built together. Um, even like the gun cabinet was a project we did mm -hmm. together. It's my favorite thing we've done. So I enjoy woodworking. Um, I can't do as many big projects um, like that. Not because I can't, because don't have the time. <laughs> so yeah. he, he started, when he started, he was retired and bought a house that had a huge woodwork shop in it and just like, put, that was his, what he did from age 55 till now he's 76. Like he just is a woodworker. Um, so I like doing those things. It's just um, time and money because also building big pieces with um, hardwoods, very expensive. So if I could, I would, but mostly I like doing small projects. And when I say small projects, I mean things that Sam has me make for her for the house. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, small tables or um, picture frames or picture ledges and floating shelves and stuff like that, which, you know, I enjoy. Um, it's fun just going down there and build the stuff that then we're going to use yeah. to hang up in the house. And yeah, it gives you something to do, too. It's a little tinker thing, something to... You know, there's something about working with tools, working with your hands, building something that yes. is it is satisfying. Yes. Um, there's something about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. Right? Hey, if it was good <laughs> enough for our Lord and Savior, it's good enough for me. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's pretty cool. I uh, I would like to be able to do more projects. I've got a few on the list to do, and we can talk projects a, a different time yes. too. But um, so f as far as tools go. Uh, hand tools, things of that nature. Do you see yourself getting like a a toolbox, like mm -hmm. you know the all metal toolbox and all those? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, mechanics. Yeah, I don't. Box. No, <laughs> I don't. Um, and I think it's just because looking at like my papa, he didn't have it, and most woodworkers don't have that mechanic type box. So the way my setup right now is there's a workbench and. It's kind of all, it's in a square with an opening. And so it's like almost like a small unfinished room. So there's shelving all around me. So the way I have it set up, I have my bench. I have the pegboard in front of me with all the stuff that I grab a lot, which are, you know, screwdrivers are on the pegboard. The speed square is one that I use a lot. And the straight edge, when I say straight edge, it's a, just a big metal ruler mm -hmm. uh, for measuring things. Some hammers and some different things. But then the shelving that goes all around me to my back, I have, <laughs> it may not look organized, but I have things in specific spaces. <laughs> he has it in the Andrew spot. I do. Well, <laughs> Andrew specific spot. <laughs> That's right. I know exactly where they're at. So uh, on the shelf to my right, I keep uh, most of the bigger power tools. Like I got the two circular saws. I got two plunge routers. I got my jig saws and stuff all right there where it's a bigger shelf. Is that where I store those things? Then I have a shelf with all my stains, with all the urethanes, with all of the, the wood glues and stuff. I keep that there. Then I have another shelf that has my three different kind of sanders and all the sandpapers and different grits organized right there. Um, then I have a toolbox, a big toolbox that I keep there because I eventually want to get almost like, just to be real simple, a, sh uh, a set of drawers. Yeah. To be able to put like um, certain things like the uh, drill bits, like organized drill bits, yep. organized like I ha also in there I keep like all the uh, jointing tools, like the dowels, the Craig's yep. pocket system 
If you don't know what that is, that's the best thing I've ever got in my life, which is the Craig pocket hole system. Yeah, I uh, need to get a little Craig jig. Dude, so amazing. So I have things organized, like I said, and just to my left in the bigger space, I have the table saw, router. Um, I used to have a lathe there. I ended up trading that. I probably want to get a smaller lathe because the lathe I did have was just massive, old school lathe. Um, I'd rather just get a, a small tabletop one. But um, yeah, so I like doing some woodworking. That's my setup right now. I've also gotten into building on some guitars as well. Um, yeah, that's cool. So like uh, the first one I did was a Telecaster. And what I mean building guitars, like I took a guitar that was cheap, took everything off. I reliced it to make it look like old. I got new electronics. So then I was like soldering wires and stuff, which I've never done, which was pretty fun. So, I don't know. I just kind of like to. I'm one of those guys that likes to learn different things and learn how to do different things. So, what as far as hand tools go? We didn't really talk hand tools last week, and we don't necessarily have to this week. I know we're talking tool storage, but my mind goes to the toolboxes and what do I keep in the toolboxes? Are my you know rolling cart toolboxes my hand tools? There's two hand tools that I use all the time. Three. Okay. What are they? Three. And if I have these three, I can do most everything that I've needed a hand tool for with them. One, Phillips screwdriver. Yeah. Got to have a Phillips screwdriver. Got to have a good one. Yes. So it's worth. A craftsman. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, whatever works, whatever works, I buy the. I've got a few of the super cheap ones from TSC or whatever. Yeah. And then when they strip out, I throw it away and get a new one. But uh, so a Phillips screwdriver and then an adjustable wrench mm -hmm. and a pair of pliers, channel locks. Yes, if channel I have locks. channel locks, an adjustable wrench, usually those two, most of the things I end up doing, you get something that's stuck. Uh, I had a hose problem on the uh, pressure washer. Uh, it's something cross-threaded. When someone borrowed it, cross-threaded it. Mm -hmm. And I had to get it off. It was seized up. And you just get that adjustable wrench and those channel yeah. locks, and then boom, baby. Dude, that's so. I have a big toolbox that I keep, like the Craig's jig in, that I keep some chisels and like the biscuit joiner and stuff like that. Then I have my DeWalt bag that I have the that the drill comes in, the, mm -hmm. the drill I bought. Yeah. I keep that to carry. Like what I put in there is what I like take to every job in the house. And when I mean job in the house, I'm just talking like fixing things. And I and so the drills in there. And um, there's usually, and then there's a uh, a screwdriver that you can change the bits on. Because I also yeah. keep the uh, a set of bits for the uh, drill and the screwdriver, channel locks, and adjustable wrench. Yeah. And I take that anywhere, and I can do any like pretty much any job with that right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. When I did the pool the other day, um, man, I used channel locks. Just about on everything. I'm like, oh, I can't get that loose. I'm like, Sam, go upstairs and get my channel lock. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, That's real nice, Andrew. <laughs> Send your pregnant wife down the stairs to the basement. I'm sitting there holding like this thing inside of a pool, okay? And it's freezing cold, <laughs> trying to get it off. And I'm like holding it so it wouldn't pop off. And because there was water flying everywhere at one point. So we just ended up having the water fly while we ran upstairs and got channel locks. So yeah, yeah, channel locks. Those are, those are the thing. I guess the big brand now, everyone's talking about is Nipex. Have you seen those? They're red-handled Nipex. I guess they're good channel locks, I guess. I'll I don't know. About anything 
works for me. Yeah. yeah. I've got some cobalts that work. I'll tell you a hand tool I use a lot as well. And you're going to laugh at me. I think I'm Amish is a, a hand planer. So I got a, a two hand planers, one real small and one of those big ones, the plane, some wood. Dude, those things, I've used those on a lot of different ways that you probably, most people wouldn't think about using a hand planer on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've never used a hand planer. Yeah. But, uh, well, cause in a, a, a powered one, they're so expensive, like ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Like it's just, I can't imagine affording that right now on where I'm at. Maybe one day when I have our dream workshop, which I think we should talk about, um, I'll have a, an actual planer. Yeah. You want to move into that right now? You want to talk what would our dream Dude, workshop be? I'm ready, man. Okay. So for me, a dream workshop would be well, I'm someday, someday when I wish upon a star. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'd really love someday to have a nice garage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, detached big building, pole building with a foundation. Um, I love heated yeah. concrete floors. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, this is a dream shop, okay, right? Yeah. This is dream I shop. just think it's funny. The first, like all we've gotten in so far is heated floors and <laughs> Justin's dream shop. This is important stuff. I'm <laughs> telling you, I've, I've poured a, a lot of concrete floors in barns and, and in, uh, workshops or what's going to be workshops. And, the thing people always say after they've poured their floor is, I wish I would have put a heated floor in. I wish yeah. I would have put the tubing in, and maybe you do it later, but I wish I would have had a heated floor. Yeah. You know, that heat rises. You know, you can put big heaters in, but the heat's trying to come down. That heat's wanting to rise. It takes forever for your building to heat up. Right. Now, if you just have a heated floor, now you're laying on the ground working on something. You're, you're warm, and or you're not cold freezing cold and you know that temperature is going to rise your building it may cost more but yeah i think i guess my dream shop no get off my back okay so (laughs) as soon as you said lay on the floor all of a sudden it hit me the many hours of laying on a cold floor under a car so yeah all of a sudden i'm like yes yeah heated floor i get it okay i'm not making fun of you anymore Heated floor. so i don't think i would ever need you know my uncle in his shop he's got an actual lift um, I think years ago, I want to say he did a foundation for a Chevy dealership and somehow there was a trade some work, whatever he's building his shop at the time. And I think they put one, in, I think, I don't know exactly how it got in there, but I know it's in there and I've used it before and it is sweet, Yeah. but I don't think I'd want anything like that. Yeah. Uh, that's too much for me. I'm, I'm good with just a, you know, three floor ton, jack, three ton floor jack and some jack stands for anything that I'm ever going to do. Yeah. Once again, I'm not a super crazy car guy. Yeah. I can do the simple stuff. Now, Josh would say you need that car lift. Trust me. Yeah, Josh would have a car <laughs> lift for sure. But, um, and then, you know, tool organization. I, I always picture having what I'd like to build now if I had the space for it is a wooden workbench on casters that you could move wherever you wanted, make it long, I don't know, eight, 12 foot long, maybe even. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to have it so that my miter saw like sat in it. Yes. Yeah. And then same thing with like a, a table saw, mm-hmm. um, a portable table saw, have it like in the corner or someplace where it sets in and it's actually, you know, part of your tabletop where you can move it up and you got space to yeah. 
to do that. So like that would be a thing. I'd house, you know, small air compressors, shop vacs, uh, extension cords, hoses, everything like that. I wanted to build one of one of those in my garage now. Right. I don't have the space yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. But um, so that's why I'm building the workbench I am. But then I'd love, and this is way more, once again, dream. I'd never buy one of these because I can't afford it. But uh, I'd buy a Matco toolbox. Okay. And the reason why I'm partial to Matco is because the company I work for, we produce the steel for those Matco toolboxes. Yeah. You want to keep yourself employed. So, yeah. So I would get a Matco toolbox. Um, you know, there's, you know, Snap-on, Mac, mm-hmm. um, all those crazy other crazy tool brands, actual mechanics. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm partial to the Matco just because they help keep me employed. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so if I had that in my shop, you know, I think I'd be good. Think I'd be good, and you know, I'd have a restroom, I'd have a shower, I'd have some sort of mud room. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put a gym somewhere in the back of my shop too. Yeah. Once again, this is a dream shop. Yeah, get off my back. No, dream man cave right here. <laughs> All right. Well, I probably won't take a whole lot of time because honestly, a lot of what you said would be my dream shop as well. I would have a detached building um, with probably two garage doors if not just one just to pull one car in do some work i wouldn't need um you just said it what's it called to lift the car up just like you can just call it a lift a lift that's a, dude i tell you i think lift. i have covid brain for real because i was talking to someone the other day i'm like anymore the last couple of weeks like words just escape me and apparently i'm just gonna blame it on COVID. i think it's because you found out you're having twins that <laughs> might be dude <laughs> and the stress and anxiety um, so I wouldn't have a lift, but a place where y- you could work on a car, change the brakes, change the oil, do those different kind of things. Now, when we lived in Ashland, the guy who owned our the house we were renting had a shop on site that was a forge, and it was real old and actually had a bay. So you could literally pull your car in and like get like there was a back entrance to be in a bay underneath the car. Where he said like they were just like big tubs where they would just you know drain the oil and stuff like that. I think that would be cool. Dream that shop to have cool. a bay, just real easy, just get underneath to do the oil and stuff like that. But I don't see any really reason other than changing oil that you would need a bay for. There might be some things, but that would just be cool though. Either well, way, there's your side gig. There's your <laughs> side hustle. You're gonna be an oil changer. No, thank you. Andrew's Jiffy Lube. Andrew's. Quick, quick stop. <laughs> Quickie stop. Quickie stop. <laughs> oh, man. We could say a lot about that. Um, anyways, <laughs> so it would be a place to work on some cars, and then there would be a woodworking shop. And uh, you hit the, the nail on the head where my dream would always be have a really nice bench for a miter saw, too, where it just lays flat. You could put a piece of wood across there, a piece of lumber, and it's just perfectly level with the miter saw. Um, that would be on the bench. And then I would have an, like an island bench with a table saw in the middle. So that way you could push a piece of plywood across it, not fall off. Because right now I have, you know, that portable little table saw. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you got big pieces, it just, you know, just fly off one end. So it's so nice to have a big island bench table to have that table saw. So when you push something through, it's not going to fall off the back. Um, have a lot of cabinets, drawers for... 
um, tool um, storage. I would also have a bunch of different tools for like music, music repair, the guitar stuff. And I think it'd be really cool to have a paint room to, oh, be, yeah. able to, yeah. to, be, to be able to like paint different things where it's enclosed uh, with the right ventilation and stuff. So that way, like if I wanted to paint guitars, I can get in there. If I wanted to paint uh, car body parts and stuff like that, just somewhere where you can get in and do some painting. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, that would be real cool. And then obviously I love music. And so I think I would just like to have a small little studio uh, with it a nice soundproof to have some guitars, have some drums, keyboards, and bass. And so that way you can just play some music, have the buddies over, and a bathroom is a must. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to have to walk back to the house. No. Especially in the middle of a project. No. Because no. no. then, you know, if you're in the middle of a project, you're dirty. You're going to have to take your boots off. You're going to have to wash up just to go pee. Well, honestly, if you're going to pee. Not you know, pee. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's number two <laughs> that's problem. That's true. That's true. It's number two so problem. So, yes, the, the, the bathroom is a must. But I'll tell you, tell you one more thing I'd add is my father-in-law did this in his shop. And he's got air compressors. So his air compressor, he's got tubes and outlets for where he could hook up air. Mm-hmm. Like, and let's see. I'm trying to think. I can think of four, maybe five. He might even have more places that he can just hook up air hoses all over the shop, wherever he's at. And his, it's a big barn. It's he's yeah. a, he farms. He's got yeah. some equipment in there. But that's a cool feature. That, that's a cool feature. That is pretty cool. So I'm gonna add that too to mine. Yeah, write it down. <laughs> Might as well, right? I'm gonna add it to mine. So yeah, that would be my dream shop place where I can do some woodworking, work on a car as much as I work on a car, do some music stuff, play music, and poop. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're listening, uh, you know, let us know in whatever the what's the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Instaface, Facegram. Insta- yeah, those things. <laughs> let us know what we should have in our dream. Yeah, garages. What we should do now? Little upgrades. I'm all about efficiency. Yeah. If you give me an idea on efficiency. You know, once again, I'm the 5S. I'm the continuous improvement guy. I go. want it to be efficient. I want it to look nice. And uh, I don't I need to reinvent the wheel. I just steal. There you go. Hey, that's what we've said, you know, in ministry. We say, you know, there's nothing original in ministry. Yeah. And that's really with anything. Find what works for you and use it. There you that's go. That's the best you can do. So with that in mind, we are moving on to our 6-5. Six, 6-5. Five. Six, five. Yes, we are nearing the end of playing the man by mark batterson yeah and this has been a really fun book for me to read it has. i've really enjoyed it a lot yes um it was funny because as we were talking about what chapter we're going to take i went back and listened to chapter eight and i was like i want that one it got me excited chapter eight got me really excited it was all about in a nutshell as men taking the time to invest into your children Especially if you have boys and, you know, not saying anything. And, you know, Mark says, you know, I honor women, love women. uh, Parenting is a tag team thing. We need both of them. But usually women have a stronger bond with the kids. That's just the way it is. And um, he said, you know, most of the time the problem lies within the husband, with the dad. And so that's where the biggest improvements can be made. And as we look in the Bible, too, there's many verses about the father leading spiritually. And um, there's even statistics to back 
that children are more likely, a lot more likely to be in church their whole life and lifetime followers of Jesus if the father has faith. If they don't, it's almost nearly impossible. Not impossible, nothing's possible with God, but it just drastically falls. There's something about the father leading spiritually. And that's what this, this chapter is all about. The dad just leading the kids. And one of the things that really caught me was like, you know, how can you do that? Like, what's the best way to lead your kids spiritually? And he said, well, it starts with prayer. And you know what's funny? There's a lot of times, you know, people in past day, I'm praying for you. Um, but man, it's such a powerful thing to know that someone really is praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like my granny, I laugh all the time. My granny will text me almost every, like every week at least, and ever since I was a kid, she tells me, I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you since you were a little kid. And my granny is like a saint of all saints, like amazing woman. And I always tell people like, you know, I have more confidence because I know my, I got my granny praying for me. Yeah. And there's just something about that. You know, I know she was not my parent. I know my parents invest in me and they pray for me as well. But there's just something about those people who invest in you spiritually and are praying for you. And so I just, I thought of it this morning, like, I always say, hey, my granny's praying for me. I can do about anything, all right? Because she's praying for me. <laughs> yeah. So Clarissa takes that same approach, uh, thought process with uh, her grandma, too. Does she? Yeah. You, I don't know. There's just certain people, you know, like if they say I'm praying for you, <laughs> I don't know if you like or like God listens to this person. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know how our mind works, but it's, yeah, it's comforting to, to know that. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing. And especially as, as fathers, um, you know, our number one ministry and our number one job is our kids and our wives. Our family is our number one thing. And he talked a lot about, because obviously Mark is a pastor and I can relate with him and being in ministry that the schedule in ministry isn't your Monday through Friday, nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be all over the place and it can be time consuming and uh, that you need to be intentional about um, saying no to things. I remember when I first got in ministry, I just said yes to everything. And I still find those times, but it wasn't until a few years ago that finally started setting some boundaries because I realized, like, when we had Judah, I'm like, I'm gone, like, all week. Like, all week, it's like at the church doing stuff and every night doing something else. And this isn't just ministry because I know guys all over, you know, they, they put a lot of their identity in their job, being successful in their job, doing it right, getting raises, getting promotions, whereas... You know, that's important in doing that. But to say no to something is saying yes to something else. And the best yes we can say is to our family, especially our kids and growing them spiritually. And, you know, it's just a a reminder that as much as we want to be super successful in our jobs, we got to remember our first job is our children and our family and ministering to them and spending time with them Um, and just being intentional about it. Like, I know, like, when my dad was intentional about not doing something to come be with me and do something with me, man, that meant the world. And so like, I try to do that with Judah. Like when there's nights where I might be doing something and Judah does this thing. And sometimes when he gets out of bed, he's like, I need you. And I'm like, I'm being more intentional. Like, all right, I'm going to go. Cause like, he's going to remember like that when he says he needs me, I'm coming. Like I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, you know, saying no to some things means we're saying yes to something else. And the best yes is our families. Yeah. I mean, Mark even says you won't regret prioritizing your family. No. You won't regret putting them on top. You no. know, that's a big thing. And I also like 
you know, almost every chapter, the end of every chapter, he always says, play the man, play the man, Mm -hmm. play the man, play the man. And somewhere in here at the end of this one, it says, pray the man. Yeah. You know, so that was a cool, cool thing for me in that chapter, too, was the praying portion of it. Yeah. And then on to chapter nine. This is actually actually I'm kind of glad you wanted to do chapter eight because I kind of wanted to do chapter nine. Perfect. And uh, the reason why is because chapter nine is all about the year of discipleship, the discipleship covenant, the discipleship covenant. So this is, you know, Mark Batterson did this with his two sons and pretty much picked a year, picked a year. They were 12 getting ready to turn 13 Mm -hmm. um, and kind of had this covenant with them on committing to each other that there were these three challenges. There was going to be a a physical and intellectual and a spiritual challenge. Mm -hmm. And then they would meet, you know, weekly and talk about, whatever some of the stuff that they were reading some of the stuff they were doing yeah uh, training together for whatever it is they're doing and then um you know spiritually how how are they growing spiritually and then at the end you know they do like a big i don't know adventure i yeah. guess is is more or less what it is a big feat something that would push them um outside of their comfort zone something yes. that would be memorable to do and I just think that this is an awesome idea because I just think, you know, I've got two sons, one more on the way, going to yep. be here any any time now. Yep. And you've got one potentially. We don't know yet, right? <laughs> we don't know. Next yet, week right? we Next will know. Next week yeah. we'll find out. Andrew <laughs> might have three sons as well <laughs> to be doing this with, and one year will be really tough yeah. because he'll be doing it two on one. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Hey, we can get we'll the two-for-one special. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But uh, I just think this is an awesome idea. I, I think of how do yeah. I want to be as a father? Uh, what do I want my children to to grow into? Mm-hmm. Who do I want them to become? Not because it's necessarily my wish because I want to you know, force something on them, but it's just my wish for them to be the best versions of themselves right. that they can be. And how can I be a positive influence to help them get there? Yeah. Um, and I think this is awesome. So, you know, for a physical challenge, you know, um, I see this one guy did a big bike ride, like a hundred mile bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, another one did, they did a triathlon, a sprint triathlon. Yeah. So you're training, you're working hard, um, trying to teach, you know, mind over over everything. How do you push through? You know, that's something, toughness, true grit, uh, things that you have to work on being a man. Yep. Um, the intellectual, they did like reading 12 books, read a book a month, having discussions over it. You know, not very many teenagers are wanting to read books. No. So this is probably as much of a, you know, discipline challenge as anything yep um but and you know are we getting smarter you know the best it's free education i heard a pastor one time say he said you know when i was in a time where i had more time i just decided to read because i thought this is free education i can read from all these amazing leaders in the world and educate myself basically for the price of a book yeah mark batterson says uh somewhere in here about 
each author spends roughly, there's about two years of experience into every book that an author writes. Mm -hmm. So you read one book, you just gain two years of experience. Yeah. I mean, right, wrong, indifferent. That may not be <laughs> great math, but it's, uh, you know, it's one way to look at it. The more you read, the more you're going to learn, the better you're going to become. Right. So I want my boys to understand that as well. I know they're going to go through periods where that's not fun, and I get that. It wasn't fun for me. I used to, uh, <laughs> I used to have special reading time, or not special, just... I was supposed to read like 20 minutes a night, whatever. Yeah. I remember all my buddies were outside. They're playing. My mom would set the kitchen timer on. She'd be doing something else in another room. And I would like kick stuff or make noise. And I'd go hit the button on the timer to drop a few minutes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the one time I did it, I overdid it. I did. I probably took like 10 minutes <laughs> off of a 20 minute that reading was the time. the fastest 20 minutes and, ever. And my mom was like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like. You're going to read a little bit more. So I got caught. But so I get the reading thing. And then spiritual. You know, I think they read the New Testament mm -hmm. um, in a year. They fasted something for Lent. They fasted something for Lent. Yeah. And, you know, they spent time in prayer with one another. Every morning. Every morning. And, yeah. you know, that's going to. And he also said, too, like, it wasn't perfect. They screwed up. Yeah. Some of the stuff they didn't do. Some of the stuff they didn't complete. But if you try to make it intentional even if you do half of the year even if you did half of the year yeah look at all that time that you were super intentional with your son that they're going to remember um, right that they're going to that's going to have a major impact on them so this idea this is something that i'd i like i'd like to do um i've still got 10 more years mm -hmm. before I, i'd be doing anything like this so yeah i hope i learn a lot more and become a lot more Mm -hmm. Or become wiser in, in the words that I'll have to say to, to my <laughs> kids then. But uh but just that's pretty much what this chapter was all about. Yeah. And uh if you've not read it, if you're not reading the book, um get the audiobook. Listen to this last part yeah, if you just don't like want to listen to the get other Get the ones. audio book. Get it's, the audiobook like it's Andrew. read by Mark Batterson. No, that last chapter, I mean I was convinced, like, yeah, I'm definitely doing this with Judah. I don't know what the other two are. If they're girls, I'd still probably do something similar, but also have Sam do something like that as well. Um, but, like, you know, it all just wraps up that our children are our number one ministry. We want to make them followers of Christ. We want them to fall in love with the Christ, the church, and um, have a good work ethic. Yep. Be people who don't give up. People who want to get better um, with their wisdom for one i mean the bible says like if there's anything you ask for ask for wisdom like wisdom is important so we want them to get wise and maybe we want them to grow spiritually but we also want to um for them for to realize what healthy relationships are too because we want them to accept the love that they know that they deserve later on when it comes to marriage when it comes to dating and to give those good examples as well yeah and that's we've got one more chapter to read in this yeah and then we'll be done with this book, and we're going to have to find some other things to talk about during the 6-5. There we go. So there it is. We are at the end of our episode. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, share us on Facebook. Share us on Instagram. Uh, we love you guys listening to us and talking to us on social media, so do that. And, Justin, do you have anything else to say? Hey.